Hey guys, welcome to For The Kudos Q&A Session 8. Um, I'm here with you stuff Joel. <laughs> yeah, I oh, know. I was. I forgot the name of our <laughs> podcast for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going good. How are you? Yeah, that's Actually, bad. you didn't even ask how I was then, but I just said... I just said I was I'm here so with you, easy. but... Yeah, good, good start anyway. to this show. <laughs> Man, we need a break. Um, <laughs> we're getting tired. Yeah, it's good. And we're uh, we're doing two days of hosting in a row instead of just doing it all in one go. So we thought it'd be nice and fresh for this one and obviously it hasn't worked. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, Boston was last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of why we delayed it a day so we could talk a little bit about Boston because we had some kind of special interest in it with yeah. um, Charlotte and Molly running uh, a good run for Charlotte. She finished ninth in two twenty five. Um, Molly, unfortunately, yeah, no, very good. I think she was very happy. I think she ran like most of the second half kind of by herself. She was kind of yeah. like, there's like the lead pack of Africans, and then um, she yeah, like Charlotte kind of dropped off that, but was just having to run by herself, which makes it tough, but <laughs> makes it even more impressive that she's ran a two twenty five. Um, that can be a tough course yeah I saw a video of her at the end like high fight she was someone I follow was there or maybe yeah I think it was her boyfriend she was like it was yeah Clarky Clarky yeah like videoing and she she walks up and she looked like she'd done a 10k yeah yeah. that exhausted at all you you usually see you see people like you know just totally cooked but yeah she she looked great Charlotte's so funny like when, when I was like with her for those couple of weeks and she just goes yeah like you say something like, Colos would be like, oh, like maybe you just take this a bit easy. She goes, nah, Colos, I'm an animal. Like I'm a beast. <laughs> and like, and she's like, she's talking to like the the event organizer of New York Marathon and then saying, yeah, yeah, I'll do world champs. Six weeks later, do London. Six weeks later, do New York. And he's like, oh, that's a bit much. He goes, nah, I'm an animal. I can do that. No worries. Like, <laughs> she's that's she's so funny. Like, but she she is like she's like definitely yeah. one of the toughest people we ever see out there. So good on her. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Molly had a yeah DNF. I think she was struggling a bit of a hip problem, and I just saw her in her story. She said she pulled out um, kind of before any major damage started setting in. So I think you always it's thing. always hard. Yeah, like with professionals as well. Like, like she has big big things coming up like she's got world champs yeah so yeah she hobbles to the line runs 232 um, yeah and then is injured can't run for six weeks yeah what ruins, do you get out ruins of world champs as well so it's like yeah like it's not a great thing but sometimes it just needs that decision needs to be made and that's what that's what separates like the best athletes from the average athletes because the average athlete sort of um, would just train through an injury for a while and push through to get to a race and race really bad and then have to have time off and have a yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and waste like six weeks just to try and be tough. So yeah. I, think, I think we can all learn something from uh, Molly there. Yeah, no. Nah. Um, so hopefully it's nothing too bad and she can get back into training. She didn't mention her hip when you interviewed her, did she? No, but she. I think she She was a bit vague about kind of what had been going on, just like her body wasn't yeah. quite right and stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so keeping a few secrets from me, but... <laughs> she's like requested. You're like, oh, take a seat. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. I'll do yeah. interview standing. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wonder why. <laughs> she's like, my hips can't be in the seated position. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. But yeah, she'll bounce uh, back. Yeah. It was a pretty. I actually got up and watched the second half of the race. It was 
a good race. The uh, I saw the lead lead guy ran. 13.55 between 35 and 40K, which is ridiculous. That's like, just so that's quick. Just, yeah. How do you um, do that with 35K in your legs? I know. You, you're already cooked and then you can just drop that sort of bomb. Yeah. 13.55. Like, yeah. And just I think the listeners will just field. be like, yeah. yeah. So how many people were in the pack when you did that? I think there was still like five or six maybe or like a few people still there and then, yeah, he just kind of like, put the hammer down and everyone, anyone yeah. that went with it just ended up blowing a gasket. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah. Then the women's race was Good like pretty close. Like a lot of girls running um, together right to the end. Like I think the second was only like 10 or 15 meters behind. Yeah. Which is a hard yeah, thing we'll to shut. do in a marathon. Like the last thing you want to do is sprint at the oh. end. I've seen those, yeah, some of those finishes before when you're watching people sprint at the end of a marathon. Yeah. You're just like, oh, that's just... That's just cooked. But yeah. yeah. Interesting racing. Yeah. Let's um, yep. kick us off. So first question this for this week um, from Slilly Man asks, what does a typical warm-up look like and does it change between workouts? Um, and I, we thought we'd sort of go into what we do while we're on this topic, go into what we do for race warm-ups too. Um, but yeah, what it's... Pretty much the, the same for Brett and I. Brett, what do we do? Yeah, a pretty simple, just like 20-minute easy jog. And then, I don't know, I guess a few few drills. Um, everyone's got their own kind of drills that they like doing. That I don't know, like where do you get your drills from? Um, originally, uh, my drills were from Bobby McGee. Yeah. Do you remember Bobby, Bobby McGee, who was the guy that I posted the video of when Hannah and I were arguing over... Um, yeah, was, yeah, it, yeah. was it karaoke or what was the other, what she said? Yeah, and so know. Bobby McGee, he's, he works with a lot of the triathletes um, and has worked with like a lot of professional runners, a South African guy that lives in America and sort of he did some consulting for Triathlon Australia. So I did those drills, but it's like one of those things that was like 10 years ago and is that right yeah. for my body now? Um, and then also we've, I've got some drills that Yoshi, our physio does. Yeah. What about I just you? Kind of, I just, well... Yeah, I think I've just picked up different ones over the years and I don't know, probably seen them in a video or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'll start doing that. Um, I know <laughs> when I went and saw this um, Dave McHenry the other day and it was giving me the mobility and then he got me just doing a few drills and so now I've added them in. Um, like not, nothing's really hard or like complicated. Yeah. It's just more things that I, li- I like doing. Like I like doing lunges because it kind of stretches my hip flexors. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and just like, I don't know, things getting my legs moving faster than I was when I was jogging. Um, then after you that, don't just... Do, the, do you do the mate, the thing that I take? I take the piss out of everyone doing this. It's the um, like the footy player hamstring thing where yeah, you're I walking and you bend out. Yeah, and I, I just take that, the piss yeah. out of everyone because I just think it's so... But, like, it's just, but I feel like it feels so good. <laughs> like... Doesn't do anything, surely. I don't know. I hope that one of the physios that listens to us will just be like, Joel, shut up, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'll probably do like three or four, I don't know, 80 meter strides, which is, I don't know, probably first one's probably three minute K pace and then maybe getting a bit quicker. Um, yeah. I guess like I, I think me and you both always feel the same. It's like that first rep always feels fast. I was just about to say that and I um, think that comes from not warming up as good as you should. Like you yeah. see Grego, he's, he does the longest warm-up of anyone I've seen. He's always doing yeah. strides. Like 
he's doing strides on the opposite opposite side of the track, like two hundred yeah. meter run throughs and stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, it is I don't just know, training. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like I think I talked about this after that um that session I did in Philadelphia. I'm like, I wish I did just another twelve hundred warm up mm, rep, like, like a like primer. A, a, yeah, a primer. And then um, I saw Sean Tobin the other day did before the session did two by. 200 in like I don't know 32 seconds or something like that so that's just like okay. like it's 32 seconds for him like he it's not really he doesn't have to push like he can just roll through that but then yep. when you then go and run like 68 yeah, um, it feels, then it feels you've already run that pace already your legs are opened up yeah yeah one thing I think in a race racing we would do that like think how many more yeah. strides you do and how many more run throughs you do for a race um I think I know. I know one thing I do in pretty much all my racing that I don't ever do in training is I build the last few minutes of my warm up jog. Yeah, same. So I sort of finish my warm up jog with a strike. Like it's just progressive. It's sort of like it, and I also another thing is I never run twenty minutes. Yeah, I run like twelve. You run? T- yeah, you do. Do do short. I think yeah. I'm like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, yeah. but then I find after probably like short. yeah, after probably like eight minutes, I'll probably do like two or three minutes at like, I don't know, three thirty pace. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then uh yeah, and then just like jog back to the track or whatever. Um yeah. But yeah, I, I do do a bit shorter than everyone. And then uh, yeah, I do a lot more strides for a race as well. I warm yeah. up earlier as well. So I think it's just probably time to like go to the toilet and get your shoes, get your spikes on, just I don't know. You, yeah. you know just so you never feel rushed. For sure. Yeah. Um yeah, I would say, yeah, I, I, another thing I, that I know that we do that obviously is because we're trying to get more Ks in our legs, but you, uh, well, I did, again, I don't know if, if this is true, but I remember this Bobby McGee guy, he told us when he told my old triathlon coach, um, Danielle Stefano, um, that we only need to cool down for 10 minutes after sessions, that's always either between five or five and 10 minutes. That's how long you need jogging to get the tox, like the toxic stuff out of your legs. But we're cooling down 20 minutes. And it's, of course, we need to do that because we want more Ks. But yeah. I do find that when like toward, like, especially this morning, I had my first workout, my first full workout in like five weeks this morning. And I was like delirious the last five minutes of that mm-hmm. cool down. It was a long yeah. session anyway. We're hitting 20K already and I'm like so unfit. And I feel like, yeah, I'm just getting so tired at the end of that cooldown. Like 20 minute cooldowns can drag on, but yeah, obviously I, we need I, it. We need to do that for the K's. I hate cooldowns. On like on Saturday when we did that track session, we warmed up around the track, like in yeah. lane eight, did the whole session on the track, and then warmed down in lane eight. And it was just like that oh. last 20 minutes was dragging on. But yeah, just, yeah, K's in the legs. Yeah, we have to do it. That's it. Yeah. Um, so that should, oh, the, actually one thing I wanted to touch on, we obviously do the same warm up from say, I, I know I do the same warm up if I'm racing a 5k, if I'm racing a 10k, if I'm doing a half marathon, it's all pretty much the same, but for you, for a marathon, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do, I'll probably run like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe eight to 10 minutes, just jogging easy. Um, yeah, and then just I would do I reckon more strides, just kind of like okay. striding out, like even just go a couple of like three thirty pace, and then just yep. kind of spend more time doing strides. Um, yeah, 
So it's just like you kind of stride, walk around for a little bit, do another one, just do that instead of just doing heaps of jogging. Um, mm. You don't, yeah, it's funny because like the thing is you don't want to do too many Ks because you better run 42. Um, <laughs> but you also need to be able to run, like for me, my first K is going to be probably three minutes. And the, it was the thing that at the Olympics, like I, I felt terrible that first few K um, because I, I was in the pre-cooling and like it was kind of expected to feel terrible. But um, honestly, you just can't when you when your body's not warm and then you have to go like yeah. a fast first K. It's just yeah, like, it's awful know, it feels like, yeah, it feels like you're running 240, um, yeah. which is like, and you're just like wasting energy because you're just not running right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you need to make, that's why I think the strides are good because they get you ready to run quicker. But you yeah. don't actually don't have to run as much. Yeah, you're not on your on your feet for twenty yeah. minutes warming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just taking those notes down for when I do my marathon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then next one from Patrick and Mikata. Uh What heart rate do you shoot for on easy runs and thresholds? Do you think that that's a valuable metric? Um. Yeah, I think obviously with our easy runs, we've been in this sport for a while. Um, we know what an easy run should feel like. Um, I think at the moment it's interesting. I, I usually run between say 120 and 130, heart, heart, 120 and 130 beats per minute. Um, and now coming back like from this injury and having time off and just missing like a fair bit of training, my heart rate sort of between 130 to 140 at the same yeah. pace, um, which is fine because I'm not running, I'm not, doing the like huge amount of Ks. But as I get back into that training, I'll probably just slow things back down again, especially like I've just done my first big workout today. So then tomorrow's mm. run, I'm just going to slow it right down and try and keep that heart rate one, between 120 and 130. And if I'm running at 430 or, you know, 440 pace, who cares? Because I need it. It's all about recovery now that I've started workouts. Yeah. Yeah, I think it can be a good tool to kind of use. But like I feel like I've been running for so long that I can kind of I do it off feel. Like I know... Yeah. If I'm going too hard, or if I'm got, like I'm never really gone too easy, but um, it's yeah. I think it's the same with threshold. Like I don't, I don't like I use. I look at my watch heart rate, um, and I know that's not that accurate, but I know the feeling as well. And like every time I've been tested for lactate, I've been doing it spot on. So yeah. I think it's good. Um, yeah. So I think you can use it as a tool, but I think a good thing is also learning the feel. Like yeah, don't get don't get caught up in it. Like go out there for a run, and go all right. I'm going to run easy today and then like, and like that's how that's how you go about it. You don't need to be looking at your watch everything going, oh, no, a bit, two bits exactly. high, let's back off. So just kind of get yeah. out there and run if you feel good, run a bit faster. If you feel tired, take it easy. Yeah, that's definitely true. You, you at the end of the day, you're, you should be in control and you shouldn't let your watch control you. Yeah. If you're looking, if you let the, you know, you're looking at your watch and looking at your heart rate and it's just, you know, then that's the boss and then you're yeah. just, you know, listening to, to that. And also, once if you get into a race and you want to use your heart rate, there's a lot yeah. of other variables because now you've got adrenaline, you've got other things mm-hmm. going on. Like you run through a big crowd and your heart rate spikes. Yeah. Um, and you go, oh, got to slow down or what? So um, going by feel is the best, is I think the best tool. I think... Yeah, for me, well, for me, I don't have the same experience as you have. Like, I've been running, I haven't, you know, think how many fewer uh, threshold sessions I've done than you. Yeah. Um, but I will be doing lab testing 
in, I think I booked in, <clears throat> in about, I was supposed to do it previously, but I have this injury and I don't want to do it when I'm unfit. But um, in about four or five weeks, I'm booked in to do my lab testing and that's when I'll get a more exact threshold heart rate value. Um, so, yeah, that'll be yeah. interesting. Which, yeah, I hope very it's, interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> After. Uh, well, just then to decide what, what paces to go at and just for your threshold, like that's the main one because if you do any threshold too hard, you're not really getting the full benefits that you should be. Exactly. And that's a common mistake. I think a lot of people a lot of people do their thresholds too fast and uh, there's probably a, d- a decent amount of people that do them too slow as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, threshold is really hard as both of you and I oh, are it's coaches. Very hard, yeah. And trying to tell people what to do, you know. And I, like I've I've even got it wrong myself where I'm sort of trying to talk to people. I'm like, okay, how hard are you going? They're like, oh, I'm sort of a seven and a half out of 10 and it's it's um, comfortably uncomfortable. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's really good. And then they do a 5K race and they're in a group um, and their pa- pace is like 30 seconds a K quicker than what I've been setting them for threshold. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, now your threshold's just got a lot quicker. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be 30 seconds a, a, a K. You know, if you're doing a 6K threshold, you shouldn't be 30 seconds quicker for a 5K yeah. race. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had an anonymous question here asking us, how do we bounce back from a DNF? So I can say I've had plenty of DNFs in, in triathlon, but I haven't DNF'd in a, um, in a running race yet. But obviously that happens mainly. And I'm sure, Brett, you're only DNFs in a marathon. Is that right? Um, well, I DNF that half marathon the other day. But I think... Um, but before that, yeah, I know. Before that, I don't think I DNF the race. Um, so, but before, sorry, before I started with marathons, I uh, hadn't yeah. DNF the race. And I kind of, my, I was like, I'll, I'll never DNF a race, like just kind of get to it. And then I ran a marathon and got to 30K, and I was like, yeah, fuck that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, marathon's another beast. But, um, but it's kind of like what I like said with Molly before, like when I got to, that in Fukuoka that first time and I'm like, yeah, I probably could have got to the finish. Um, but what would it have got me if I had like ran two hours, 20 or whatever? Like I, I stopped then and then I raced you in a 10K a month later. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then I was I was able to run London Marathon a couple of months later. So uh, I would have actually preferred you to go maybe an extra <laughs> five or 10K in yeah. <laughs> Probably would have beaten you in that race. Um, but that's definitely right. Yeah, but I think I've always, I don't know, when I've had a DNF, like you, you, I always kind of like sit down and just work out the reasons why and um, and if there's any changes I need to make or any mistakes I feel like I made um, before that. And then I usually get pretty like motivated after them, being like, all right, come mm. on, fuck this, let's, like, let's go and like kind of like redeem myself. Um, so... Yeah, I think the first thing is addressing the problems. If there's any problems or um, if it's just bad luck or something out of control happened, then, then that's that's another thing. But yeah, if you've been missing training for some reason or or you've had a niggle and then like you got to fix that and then, then use that as motivation to kind of redeem yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's the same as after a bad race too. There's yeah. two types of athletes. There's those that get really really down and depressive depressive like a episode where you you're just like oh you know woe is me 
I yeah. stuff this. I can't be bothered doing this anymore. Whereas uh, the best athletes will. Every athlete has bad performances. Um, yeah. And the best athletes then bounce. It's how they bounce back from that. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the next one from Nick Delaney. What is one workout you do and you know if you smash it, you have you're fit. Um. Yeah, I would say, <laughs> to be honest, I think my fitness, I know I'm fit when my threshold pace starts creeping down at the same heart rate. So when I'm coming yeah. back from injury, it's like it takes, you You take probably a month before you're up to the 30-minute threshold, which is what we do. You know, you start with a 12-minute, then the next week, say, 16-minute, and all that is just about just getting the work done, trying to stay injury-free. Um, and then once you're up to that 30-minute, I know for me, the last time coming back from my sacrum stressy last year, it was over the period of maybe eight weeks that I went from, say, 3.15 per K all the way down to like three minute at the same yeah. heart rate. Yeah. And I feel like once I'm, once I'm at about, once I'm thresholding at about three minute Ks, um, and I'm talking three minute Ks at, uh, at Elbow Park, so that's like pretty yeah. quick, you know. I don't think I've ever, ever thresholded three minute Ks at... Um, at Caulfield, it's a bit slower there. But I'd say that that definitely that for me. Or just sometimes at Waverley, you know, when I'm have done sessions and I've like kept up with Stewie pretty much the whole session and or yourself, you know, when you you and Jack are really fit and I've kept up with you guys the whole time, I'm like, okay, that gives me confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like I think Nick's probably wanting us to say, hey, yeah, I, when we do eight by K in this, then I know like I'm smashing it. But I don't even feel like it's like one session. I feel like it's like you do a session and the next day you're recovered for that easy run and you feel exactly. good. Yeah. And then the next day you turn up again. And it's just like, then you do a long run and like I run two hours and it's just like, oh, that felt like an hour run. And like things just yeah. start coming to me easy. It's it's not yeah. necessarily like just one going out specific. smashing one session because you can just kind of like, I don't know, you turn up one day with the right attitude to smash the session, you can do it. Um, yeah. But yeah. is that... And then you're cooked that, for that Arvo run. And exactly. Then you, you're and slow then the you're next tired day. a few days later. And um, yeah, so I think it's more just like the feeling of, I don't know, feeling fresh, like doing, doing a lot of running, a lot of good sessions, but feeling fresh at the same time and just recovering and it kind of starts to come to you easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. That's sort of interestingly tying in. We had a question from Brooke Williams, Brooke underscore Williams underscore ninety, um, who yeah, Brooke's a good runner herself. Um, she's asked in this is in regards to PBs. How we believe PBs come about is it from consistency over years of training, or is it more from say periods of increased focus? Um, and I just thought, yeah, we'd we'd uh, go into that question because it's sort of sort of related. I, I feel um, where like good results come from consistency yeah. and not just one specific thing. But it is sort of interesting because you know you've got someone. The perfect example for this is say Stewie McSwain, yeah. who I've been running against Stewie since we we're since we we're young, and he he did have a break breakout year for sure. But he was just like getting a bit better every year every year and yeah. it was just like he would stay injury free and he'd just bank years and years of training um, but it was that's even one like, that's what yeah he had a breakout year in term of, terms of results but like for us training with him we knew it was coming like yeah because every exactly. year because all of a sudden like like Stewie this little kid was like coming to training with us and like keep up for half the session then all of a sudden he's like yeah. keeping up for most of it then he's keeping it up for all of it then all of a sudden you're like trying to hold on to him and uh, and you're like 
and then he's going into races and you're like, oh, to be honest, that's actually pretty disappointing compared to his yeah, um, definitely to his true. training. And then then all of a sudden he started like racing well, winning these races and like ran 13-19 um, over in Europe. And you're like, okay, now he's starting to actually do it. And then the next year came back and like had that big breakthrough year. But yeah, yeah, for, for us, we could see it. But yeah, from, from the outside view, it looked like oh, it's just come out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. But it was just years um, of consistency of, of high quality training from him. Yeah. Yeah. When we were going over these questions off air, I brought up um, like Hannah Basic, who we've had, we had previously as one of our guest hosts. Um, and she's an example of, I said to you, Brett, I said, oh, she's an example of the, like a, a period of sort of increased focus is where she got her PB because she wasn't years of cons- consistency. Um, she sort of just put her head down the year before Olympics, as she's explained in her interview. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, she spoke about how she sort of, you know, put her social, her social life on hold for, you know, 18 months. Um, and so I said to you, I'm like, oh, well, that's an example of the, of the a small period of focus. And you said, yeah, but if she was consistent for years, she might run 11, she might be running 11 flat. Yeah, who, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, possibly or, or possibly she wouldn't. Um, because that's everyone is a bit different as well. So some people um, get burnt out. Yeah, and then, and like and she's also got these injuries now, um, and maybe that's because mm. she doesn't have the big base behind her to to deal with yeah. with the training. So, um, yeah, obviously consistency I think brings a lot of positives, like with your body and with consistency, um, um, like in races and training and and not getting injured. Um, but yeah, there's more than one way to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, cool. Yeah. Um, last question from Joe Bebo. He says, opinions on carbon-plated shoes for easy running and training. Like, yeah, so I'm thinking he's meaning aerobic training here. They just gone for it's a, a jog. big no it? from... Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, nah, I don't think... Well, so, so when I got this um, uh, biomechanic test the other day and uh, straight away he asked me, he's like, oh, do you do like long runs in in like your marathon shoes and vapor flies and I'm like, nah, I only do like maybe 10 or 15K a week or maybe more 20K a week in them. He's like, oh, good. He goes, just because they're so high that they're just creating this angle of your Achilles that just puts like kind of like torque through your Achilles like every single step and if you're doing like 30K runs in them, it's just, even if it's at an easy pace, it's just like they're unstable nearly. Um, Mm. So there's just much better shoes and like, I don't know, it's like, we see it's it like a lot. training with like, yeah, we do. But I think I feel like it's like tra- training with like ankle weights. Like if you're training like a pair of like trainers, like it's like training with ankle weights, and then you take them off for a race, get in the yeah. good shoes, and then you you can fly. Um, yeah, and it's just I feel like it just saves your body. That's def- definitely the, the saves case. Your ankles, save your feet. So many people that are sort of new into running are like, oh, there's new shoes, and they buy these, you know, they buy the Alpha Flies and they're running like 6K on the concrete footpaths yeah. doing their aerobic jogs in them. And I just think, yeah, what are you guys doing? Um, but it is funny. I know a lot of people and I think I would be, I, I, w- I would definitely be like this if I was new to running. Um, but 
they people like to train in like the best conditions. So they like want to do say, yeah. workouts on the track. They want to do because they want to see the results as as, as fast as every they day. can be. Yeah. Every yeah. day. And they like seeing that. Um and then whereas we are so you we only care about racing. You know, we race, yeah. so we want our conditions to be as perfect uh, in the race as possible, but we don't care, you know, in training, you know, if it's really windy or we're on gravel or it's a bit hilly and our threshold's a bit off, it's like, who cares? We know that that's just going to better out. We're going to be better for it on race day. Whereas I think a lot of like beginner runners are like, especially with Strava now, yeah. you know, and everything's become a whole social thing and, and you can't, you're not going to put up the caption and go, Oh, but that long run was actually I was in Vimeros and it was yeah, pretty exactly. hilly yeah. and the gravel yeah. was loose. You know, it's um yeah. people want to want to sort of be training and all the yeah the best can the best yeah the best gear. but I think it's better to then yeah it is better if you can then train in heavy shoes get the full benefits when you get into the race because that's what matters yeah. a lot more than what's on Strava um, yeah on a Wednesday so. Um, yeah, funny, like my mate Corey Tran, who came over to my house and he wanted a pair of shoes. And I was like, had an old pair of Alpha Flies. I'm like, and he's like, yeah, can, can I have them? And I'm like, oh, mate, <laughs> like, I'm like, what are you going to do in them? He goes, oh, I don't know, go for a couple of runs and I don't know, go to the gym in them. I'm like, mate, you don't want Alpha Flies for them. I'm like, here, it's a brand new pair of Romero's. You can have these. And he's like, no, 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 Alpha Flies. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to help you so much. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a, um, I had an athlete who did, uh, this, his name's Zach Haynes, did the uh, Collingwood, I had him doing the Collingwood Classic race. And he ran like a big PB. I think he ran like 20-second PB or something um, or 15-second PB. And I looked down at his shoes and he had these like, like 1990 gel Nimbus. These, like, really? these things <laughs> weighed like 20 kilos. And I was looking at it and I was just like, what, where are the super shoes, mate? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should, you should be, and, he go, and he's like, oh, yeah, I haven't really thought about that. And I'm like, just get him. Trust me. And he got him. And then the next race he ran like a 40-second PB. Yeah, <laughs> like, ma- makes you, you look like a good coach. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, there you go. Well, that's the end of episode eight. That was a bit of a serious one, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. A lot of information coming we, out. Um, yeah, usually I think, yes, yes the, epi- the episode at um, 12, was it 12 that we recorded yesterday? Yeah. The one, that, one that's coming out tonight, that's a bit more silly. So, you know, we change it up for you guys. Yeah. That's it. Give you a bit of everything. That's it. We'll uh, speak to you next week. See you guys.